0: Hey guys, and welcome to Huntin' Land, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. If you'd like to stay up to date on hunting tactics, land management, land values, and land market dynamics, this is the podcast for you. This week's show is brought to you by SunSouth. Your property is demanding. From mowing the lawn to running a farm, you need equipment that's easy to use, efficient, and affordable. You need John Deere equipment from SunSouth. And right now, owning a new John Deere is even more affordable, with 0% financing up to 72 months on select models. Plus save 20% off select John Deere parts during our parts extravaganza sale for all of your equipment needs. Go see the folks at sun South equipment for those that do some restrictions apply. See dealer for details expires August 31st, 2021. Clint, you know, I hooked up my tractor the other day and hauled it up to my camp, getting ready for food plots coming up here and uh, really just a couple of weeks. We're going to start putting seed in the ground and uh, man, man, you know, I drive a I drive an F one fifty and it was about all she wanted, really. You know, it, it got me there and did and, and I stopped along the way. So you know, <laughs> that's always the key is being able to stop. But I you know, I just had that question of like, am I am I really in that that heavy duty truck, you know, range? Do I really need that? I mean, you know, the man in me wants that. You know, I want I want to need it. And I mean, you hear that word heavy duty thrown around. I think we're going to get into what that really means today and, and try to just ask all the questions that, you know, you need to be thinking about if you're thinking about upgrading or if you really need to. But before we get there, we've got another interest rate update for you guys this week. And this week, we're talking to Mark Waggy at Farm Credit of Northwest Florida. Mark, thanks for joining the show, man. Tell us a little bit about Farm Credit of Northwest Florida, your coverage area, you know, and, and the types of loans that you guys do. Good morning and thank you for
1: having me. And my name is Mark Waggy with Farm Credit of Northwest Florida. And we have offices in Milton, Jay, Mariana, Tallahassee, and Monticello. And we cover 18 counties um, in Northwest Florida from Escambia County to Madison and Taylor counties. And we do several types of loan. Our our you know, our mission in farm credit is you know to provide provide financing for small and large parcels of land uh agricultural properties you know things such as that and we you know we do finance for rural properties for farming recreational hunting forestry we also provide financing for farming equipment and also farm operation lines of credit. You know, again, like I say, our mission is to service rural areas, and our goal is to keep rural America growing. Our main focus is on 10 acres to, you know, up to uh, however many acres that you want that are rural. That, you know,
0: that's that's our main goal. I like that mission, Mark, and i tell you what ever since ever since covid first reared its head i would say rural america is definitely growing if in no other way just from a lot more people starting to consider moving to rural areas for their full-time residents. you've got a lot of things play into that but you know technology being a big part of it you know I, nowadays i'm talking to a lot of people they're saying hey i work remote i don't need to be in any particular area so i'd much rather have some land and some privacy and some hunting or so you know there are a lot of people getting into hobby farms and things like that i'm just seeing a lot of people that are that are for the first time starting to think about or recognizing a dream of living rural what are the bright spots uh where you cover with regards to the the types of loans y'all are making i mean are you making a lot more you know, smaller acreage loans, or is it just good across the board?
1: Well, you're definitely right about With since the COVID, we've seen a lot more activity with people wanting to get out of town and get into the rural areas. They're wanting to to have, you know, space and grow their own vegetables, you know, small animals, and we, we've seen quite a bit of that. And a lot of it is, you know, at least, you know, 10 acres, 20 acres, you know, our, our the last year between 10 and 100 acres have been what we've been doing the most. And it's good to see that we can help people with their dreams and their goals to purchase these properties, you know, that we can do them and we can have the longer term rates, fixed rates, and... You know, we, we even have our home home lending department that can, you know, do a home in however many acres and not have to cut out two or three acres to finance that home. So we we have seen a, a lot of activity pick up. And I, I believe last year and the beginning of this year has been the busiest that we've had in a long time.
0: Mark, you know, I know nobody has a crystal ball. I mean, of course, today you're here to talk about uh, what the current interest rates are. But, you know, what what economic factors are happening right now, you know, that are leading to where the interest rates are? You know, are we starting to see any any uptick or downtick uh, as a whole? And, and what do you think is causing that?
1: Well, right now, because, you know, we are having, you know, the housing environment, how it is right now, our rates lately, you know, they, they've just been really steady. Um, the last couple of maybe two or three, four weeks, you know, we've seen maybe a little decrease in, in what, you know, we can offer as rates. And, you know, at this point, we don't, we don't see anything that's um, going to change that right now. But, you know, it, it has been a good, steady Uh, as far as rates right now so we're we're hoping and expecting to you know that to keep for a while so we can we can offer the the better rates right now yeah
0: you know and you you were talking earlier about the different types of things y'all y'all finance well it's not just land but it's also equipment operating So let so let's, let's get into it you know take me through what the most common terms are and then what somebody can expect for for a range on interest rates right now and then and then let's get into interest rates, also on on equipment financing and, and even a line of credit
1: are probably our most that we have been doing lately is between like a fifteen year and a twenty year fixed rate, and you know fifteen years unless um, it is is fifteen percent is required for the down payment, and those rates um, you know can be between like four and a half to four point nine. It's just depending on the entire package that we have that, that we can set that rate. Uh, the other is a is 20-year, and people really like the 20-year. The it's 20% down, and the maximum we'll go is 20 years, and people really like having that 20-year fixed rate on land. Most, most places, you know, they, they either do a variable rate or they'll do a balloon uh, but we can provide that long-term fixed, you know, fixed rate for them. How and, do those rates you know, change on not, that
0: 2020?
1: On the the 20 year, they're around four point nine to five, somewhere right in there. You know, again, it it uh, we look at the package and everything, and but that's that's about an estimate of what and that's as of today's rate. And you know, the rates change every day and we normally lock the rates in uh, once we get an appraisal on a piece of property. Gotcha.
0: You know, uh, right now is a time where if you own land and you like to hunt, you're thinking about food plots and planting this fall. And with planting comes equipment. Uh, there's always something else you could get, (laughs) but if you own a big piece of land, you, you need a tractor. You most likely need a UTV. You need equipment to be able to take care of that property, uh, the way that you want to. So, where where is equipment financing right now? I know that they can't make the stuff fast enough. What are the rates? Part of that is it is it really good rates for equipment right now?
1: Well, right right now um, through us we have you know it's about three you know maybe a little under three and a half percent on on new equipment. Um, but we also have a Farm Credit Express program, also that most of these equipment dealers around here have. And that, that's a quick way to go in, find a piece of equipment new and used, and, the, you know, they, they do the approval and everything on the spot. But you can come to us, and we can do a conventional equipment loan through, through Farm Credit. And, again, our rates are, you know, right around 3.5%. And, you know, we can, depending on, you know, the age and if it's new or not, how how far out we
0: can go as far as the terms. You mentioned the operating lines on, you know, agricultural enterprises. Does that apply to timberland owners? I mean, like if a, if a guy's got a, a merchantable tract of timber and he wants to improve his property in some other way, say build a build a lake or uh, build a shop or, or even a home uh, can operating lines be used for something like that or is it purely for agricultural enterprise
1: Well mostly it's been used for agricultural you know enterprise where you're going to have a certain amount of income at a certain time of the year to repay that line of credit uh, Most of them you know they have to revolve and they have to pay down once during the year so it's mainly for agricultural you know full-time farmers that purchase seed fertilizer and you know things throughout the year and then once the crop comes in we have an established you know repayment date so
0: that's that's more more on your agricultural for farming and things like that. I gotcha so if somebody does have a good amount of equity uh, in a property, let's say they just own their property outright, and they're looking for additional capital to maybe purchase the place next door, or like I mentioned earlier, improve that property. Maybe they want to go in and, and build that cabin or you know, build that pond that they've always wanted. What kind of product is out there for that person?
1: Well, we definitely can use, you know, if they do own the property and they want to use the equity in it, you know, say they want to buy a piece of property and they don't have the, you know, the cash down payment, but they do have this piece of property, we can absolutely use that, you know, we'd get a get a uh, an appraisal and everything on on the both of properties, we normally do 80 to 85% of the appraised value, or, uh, the the purchase price of it, so we definitely can use you know other property as equity to purchase um, or refinance if you want to refinance a piece of property. You know we definitely can do that.
0: You know one of the things that I've seen a lot this year with the increased demand, it's a much more competitive marketplace for buyers, and I've seen a lot of deals uh, this year go to the buyer who was already approved. Did not have a financing contingency in their offer, uh, even though their offer was lower than a competing offer that did have a financing contingency. So, I'm telling every buyer that I'm working with: look, if you're not approved, go get approved. Make sure you've got all that taken care of, because if you want to make your most competitive bid on on a place, and and when the right place hits the market that is priced accurately, you better be ready to move right now. So I'm telling them, look, go get approved. Make sure you got all your ducks in a row on financing so that we don't have to, you know, have that contingency there uh, unnecessarily. So if folks want to go through that process, what, what is that like, Mark? Who, where do they need to reach out to you guys? What do they need to be prepared with to be able to get approved and understand where, you know, where they're, how much they're going to be able to borrow?
1: Well we normally talk to people, you know, they would contact um, you know, us and they would they would be sent to, you know, the, the lender that fits their their need. So let's say it's an agricultural lender and they're buying, you know, 30 acres, you know, we, we would uh, we would contact them, we talk to them, we find out what they're what they're interested in, what their goal is, and then we go through the steps of what it would take to get qualified uh, and normally if someone does not have the piece of property in mind you know we'll just do a pre-qualification and that is going to be you know stated income and stated debts from you know the, the applicant uh, and then that's just a pre-qualification but if they want to get pre-approved then that's when we would get their financial information, get an application. They, you know, normally they would, you know, have the property they're interested in. Um, maybe even sometimes if they got a contract, and then we just we go from there. We we process that. It goes through the loan officer, and then we have our analyst work the the actual financials. And so we'll get a we'll get a pre approval, and that pre approval is good for up to about 120 days so if they are going to buy a piece of property and for some reason that sells or it's not what they what it turned out to be they're still good for about up to 120 days we'll just maybe need to update a little bit of of information but we won't have to go through the whole starting process so that is a a good thing to have so you know when you do make a contract because you know sometimes these contracts um are you know, they're, they're pretty short time period and there may need to be a survey done, which, you know, surveys are, um, they're, they're, they're backed up lately. So, you know, there needs to be a little bit of time uh, for that, but yeah, we definitely, you know, can work with them on pre-approvals, pre-qualifications.
0: Yeah. I can't state that enough. You know, I mean, right now there's a lot of things that are backed up, not only in our industry, but having as much as you can have uh, ready to go before you find your dream place is super important. It's important for being able to close on time. It's important for being the most competitive bid. So if folks want to reach out to you guys there uh, and get that process started and, or just keep in touch, you know, and learn what kind of products are out there that might, might work for what they're trying to do and, and keep an eye on interest rates. How do they reach out to you guys? How can they get more information and, and get pointed to the right person?
1: Well, they, they can um, reach out to, to Farm Credit. Or they can either do it by going to online, and that would be www.farmcredit-fl.com. They can call our office directly. is 850-718-5592. And you know, they, they just give us a call. Uh, email us and they will get um, routed to the to the right person
0: all right mark well thanks for sharing the interest rate update with us again we'll look forward to keeping in touch man uh, and uh and seeing how things go next time we're going to have you on i I know you're going to tell us it's going to be lower um so that'll be great and uh, we'll be waiting on that
1: (laughs) thank you that that sounds like a good idea
0: all right folks well that's going to wrap it up for the interest rate update and this week it's been brought to you by Alabama Farmers Cooperative has been serving gardeners, farmers, and everyone in between for 85 years. Visit www.alafarm.com for more information and to find a co-op near you. You know, we spend a lot of time in the woods, being maneuverable is important. Not, not being too heavy is important. And I think that's really what we're going to cover today is, is if, if you really need a heavy duty truck, uh, and maybe some things you can do if you're if you're in a half ton to to stay in your half ton if if that's really what you need. What about you, man? You know, I know you seem like you get a new truck every couple of years, and you do a lot of towing, you do a lot of uh, off roading. What about you? How, how how did you decide where you wanted to be?
2: Well, I still really haven't. It's a lot of internal debate for me because I'll, I always want to maintain that off road maneuverability and and try to be as light footed as you can in the woods, but at the same time, when you're Always towing, you know, UTVs and tractors and things like that. And you you put the miles and wear and tear on a truck that land brokers do. We want longevity of a higher end heavy duty truck, but we don't always give up some utility when you do that. So I'd love to keep a truck longer than I do. But the problem is I typically wear them out. It's just always that question.
0: Yeah. And I mean, you hear that word heavy duty thrown around. I think we're going to get into what that really means today and, and try to just ask all the questions that, you know, you need to be thinking about if you're thinking about upgrading or if you really need to. So to do that, uh, we got the team at Long Lewis Ford in Prattville, Alabama joining us today. We got Chris Robertson, Mark Deutschley, and Jacoby Thomas, who's a diesel technician over there. And I'm looking forward to asking some questions about Diesel technology, some really cool stuff coming out there. But guys, welcome to Hunting Land, and uh, tell us a little bit about Long Lewis Ford before we get going. You know, into the heavy duty discussion and what kind of vehicles y'all deal with predominantly. And let's get into it. Yeah. So uh,
3: thanks for having us, Joe. We uh, we really appreciate the opportunity just to, to speak a little bit on Long Lewis and the history. Long Lewis was the first Ford dealership in the state of Alabama. We've been around for over a hundred years now, and here in the last 20 years we've we've changed a little bit about the car business we'd like to think we have we'd like to do things a little bit differently um here at lone lewis we give you our best price up front uh, we've got what we call our customer centered buying process where we we that best price up front um all of our sales consultants are actually non-commissioned as well so meaning they don't get paid more when they get you as a customer to pay more um they're here to look after your best interest really land you on the vehicle that you need that fits your needs uh, or your family's needs and not try to upsell you on know, something that you don't so that they can make a higher paycheck. We also don't have any of the dock fees, the dealer prep fees, the destination charges, any of that bogus stuff that's just additional dealer profit. Um, we don't do any of that, that stuff uh, either. Um, and we also have a three day, 300 mile money back guarantee, meaning if you purchase a vehicle um, and you've decided after four or three days uh, that it's really not you know what you need or it doesn't fit in the budget or you know whatever the case may be, we'll take that vehicle back, no questions asked. And that doesn't leave you stuck with something that you don't want or doesn't do what you need it to, or don't like, or like I said, whatever the case may be, it uh, doesn't matter to us. We don't want you stuck with something that you can't use.
0: You know, talking about that, you know, non-commissioned salesperson, I mean, that's part of the reason why I want to bring you guys on and talk about this today, because in a lot of cases, a, a heavy duty truck can, it can be more costly than a half ton. And you know, you guys can really speak to if somebody really needs it or not. It's not so much a situation where, hey, that's just a a higher sale. So let's jump into it. You know, with the word heavy duty, I think that's changed a lot too. Uh, The half ton trucks that are being put out right now are probably as capable or even more capable in some cases than some of the heavy duty trucks that were being put in, put out you know maybe even 15 to 20 years ago so what does that word really mean uh what are we getting what kind of differences are we getting uh when we step up to that heavy duty truck i think the biggest uh, difference you're gonna
4: get is just a, a stronger truck overall you're getting a diesel engine that's making more power more foot pounds torque than they ever have um, heavier duty transmissions with the super duty you get the solid axle you know front end which holds up better, especially in y'all's line of work, always being off road and in the woods. The ability to pull more. The differences uh, with the Super Duty is the ability to change out the bed, whether it's uh, fitting it for a power company truck where you're gonna have a boom on it or, or a crane, or whether you're gonna use it as a roll bag. I mean, there's so much stuff you can do with these trucks now. and They have the power to tow them. Uh, You got a lot more room for tools and equipment. I I think when you're talking about heavy duty, that's
0: some of the biggest things that we're looking at. You say it's overall, it's a bigger vehicle, but it's just built sturdier, it sounds like. I mean, for guys that are putting it through rough conditions, like everything Clint and I, you know, describe, whether it's being off-road or or doing a lot of towing, they're going to hold up better over time is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. What else is out there in terms of pros and cons? Let's talk about pros a little bit more towing let's start there when i think about going up to heavy duty it's usually when i'm towing and that's typically when i'm trying to either stop or get started (laughs) so thinking about that if we're stepping up from say a half ton to three-quarter ton or one ton truck how much towing capacity are are we actually gaining Gaining
4: a lot you know your average f-150 with the right configuration towing where from 11 to 14,000 pounds. And, you know, when you step up to a Super Duty, you're doubling that, if not more. With the right configuration in Super Duty, you can tow close to 40,000 pounds. So, you know, you're well exceeding what you had before with a half ton. And, you know, the truck can tow what a half ton could. The Super Duty does it, you know, with no strain at all. You put 14,000 on f F-150, like the 70 tractor, it's all at once. With a Super Duty towing fourteen thousand, that's less than half this total capacity. So the truck's not working hard. You're not overworking it at all. You still get a long life out of working it like that every day in the offline of work, especially.
0: I think too, yeah. when I start to feel uncomfortable towing, it's usually when it's usually when I'm braking. You know, I can feel that trailer kind of pushing me around a little bit. And is the braking system upgraded as well in a heavy duty truck? It
4: is, you have, you know, larger rotors, more pistons in the calipers for better stopping. The whole brake system, you got twice the stopping power with the Super Duty versus a half-done. And you can't upgrade a half ton, upgrade your trailer, get a trailer with good trailer brakes, add your trailer brake module to your F-150, and it's, you know, probably do your job, but nothing compared to, you know, the way the Super Duty is designed to not only carry these loads, but stop them as well.
0: It's not just about being able to, you know, if you talk about that max capacity, say you've, you've got a 12,000 pound trailer and you know, your F-150 can tow 14. I just always feel like when I'm towing something that is, is right up next to the limit of what my truck's capable of, it's a much less comfortable situation. I'd rather have, I'd rather be towing at half my capacity, you know, and then, because the other thing I always think about too, is when I've got my tractor and my trailer that's not all I have. You know, usually the bed of my truck is completely full of things, you know, whether it's seed or fertilizer, or more equipment or tools and things of that nature in that, that trailer itself, you know, I'm throwing things on there it may be, you know, 55 gallon drum of water to fill up a tank of herbicide or, you know, something like that. And so it's very rare that if I've got a, an item, whether it's a camper trailer or a tractor trailer or something like that, that that's the only thing I've got on there. And I'd rather have a little bit more capacity not work my vehicle as hard that being said I don't do that very much you know I'm not I I do tow a good bit it's usually not that heavy I am off-road a good bit it's usually not towing and I'm not daily you know working construction where I'm towing a skid steer behind me or something like that so for folks that are kind of on that cusp maybe maybe they have that occasional Towing job that they need to make that's up against that limit is that somebody that you really think needs a heavy duty truck or or is that something where you know you'd recommend hey up, upgrade these systems uh, aftermarket with a half ton and and then you know go with that because it's going to get you through ninety five percent of your applications.
5: I probably just do some slight upgrades to your half ton if you're only towing bigger loads uh, and you're not going over your max towing capacity on that truck. If you're only doing that a couple three times a year, you definitely don't have the need of, or, or or need to even financially invest into the the cost of a super duty truck, uh, some airbags that that's something that can help uh, with your load and manage your your pay, your payload and trailer. Uh, like Jacoba mentioned, trailer brakes. Uh, some of these trucks now are even equipped with a scale for the hitch, so you're you're able to even see. What kind of a payload you have so maybe you can back it off or load a little more equivalently so you have your load dispersed better on the trailer so it's more controllable as you drive. As, as an everyday driver or going through the woods and different things like that that you're doing, the bigger footprint of the F-250 you probably find maybe hindersome just because... You're in a lot larger footprint. You're not in the the smaller truck where you're going to be able to maneuver it in tighter quarters versus the the 250. Um, The 250, of course, is very capable off road. They've come out with some new packages on both trucks, uh, the Tremor, for instance, where they're designed specifically for off road use. Uh, There's some even rock crawling capabilities in both trucks. Uh, but there again, if you're going to be in tight spaces, your F-150 will probably do a better job for you. Some of the differences that maybe help shed some light on some of this that uh, you'll find is, is your Super Duty has a lot heavier duty frame, a lot thicker frame, a lot larger frame, as it should. Because your your payload that you're going to carry is going to be a lot heavier and the truck in general is heavier. The, the engine itself is heavier. Uh, as Jacoby mentioned, braking you got a lot of heavier brakes, your axles are heavier under that truck. Uh, if you're putting a, a large strain on axles, you can have wheel bearings and things like that going out on a half-ton truck versus your Super Duty trucks. Uh, engine-wise, you've got... In our Ford lineup, three very capable engine line, engines. You've got two very capable gas engines, and then the Power Stroke, that's been a, a great engine for years. Your suspension on a Super Duty is already set up to pull. And then again, like I say, I go back to the footprint. When you're pulling, footprint always plays a part on maybe the pucker factor, so to speak. When you go to stop that and you can't get it stopped, and, and you pucker up pretty tight in that seat because you finally got it stopped. The Super Duty, you don't have that. You, you're able to control that load, move it, move it, move the truck, maneuver everything around a little bit better. That's where your Super Duty comes in, that stability part of it. So I don't know if any of that's maybe been been helpful in, in some of the decision-making process, but uh, those are some of the things I, I like to, to bring to customers' attention, along with the maintenance on those. A diesel, naturally, is a more expensive vehicle to maintain, of course, your fuel's higher price, but then you do have a def fluid that you have to add to these now for the emissions. And uh, and and then when you bring it in the shop for maintenance on it being what they are, they, they do cost more to maintain. They're, there's just a lot more to look at. And of course, they're designed with that hip, the, the heavy toning and, and different things in mind. So you, you obviously wanna make sure they're in tip top shape so you don't have higher bills later on. Uh, where your half ton, A simple $49 oil change or, and you put whatever gas in a half ton, or it doesn't make you run premium gas in your, in their EcoBoost motors. And, uh, you're able to, your cost of ownership, keep it down. If you, if, if you don't need that heavy duty towing all the time,
0: you know, you bring up an important point about towing. And it's not just about starting and stopping. And I'm, I'm definitely guilty of thinking that way. You know, I'm just, can my truck do it? Isn't always maybe the the right way to, to think about it. So it. It sounds like what I'm hearing from you is that if you're trying to help somebody decide between heavy duty truck, and a half ton. If towing is their main concern, it's not just about the weight. I mean, obviously, if you're exceeding the towing capacity, then you're you need to step up. But it's also the frequency of towing. If if you're towing something, your truck's 14,000 pounds uh, towing capacity, and you're towing something that's 12,000 pounds, but you're towing it all the time, that's going to maybe lead to increased wear and tear versus somebody who maybe has that quarterly requirement of that towing. Am, am I getting that right? Yes, that's correct. You mentioned diesel and you mentioned cost of ownership. Let's talk about fuel economy a little bit. Fuel economy is the thing that I I think I'm also guilty of latching onto when I'm thinking about the cost of ownership. But you also mentioned those maintenance factors can lead to a higher cost of ownership for a heavy duty truck. But where are we nowadays with fuel economy? We've heard a lot uh, in past years about the emissions controls that are being put on diesels and diesel exhaust fluid considerations and all that. But if you're stepping up to a a heavy duty, you know, an F-250 versus an F-150 for daily driving, what kind of gaps or differences in fuel economy are you seeing out of the the new lineup?
5: Just depending on the driver, of course, that always plays plays a part if you're the the race car driver from stoplight to stoplight or if you're the guy real conservative. But you're probably looking somewhere between a, a five to possibly even as much as 10 miles to the gallon difference from a half-ton to uh, a super duty um there again like i said with the three different engines if we do just talk about the diesel the diesel is a little, little bit more efficient of course but you're still probably looking at a bigger you're looking at a lot heavier vehicle to get moving from a stoplight So, of course, that takes more fuel. You're maintaining a speed takes more fuel with that heavier vehicle. You're probably looking around 15, 16 miles to the gallon on something like that versus on an EcoBoost motor. I've got customers that that are very conservative that have gotten in the mid-20s with an EcoBoost. And now with our new power boost that's a hybrid that's something that that's definitely achievable and of course we've got the all-electric truck coming out as a lightning and uh you know so there's some pretty cool exciting things coming out where if fuel economy is an issue Ford's got you covered
2: Joe I know you know in our line of work you know one of the first things we do is take those nice efficient street tires that come on most of these trucks and replace them with you know oversized all-terrain or mud tires and We just kind of understand that we're going to lose some efficiency on the miles per gallon to gain some efficiency off-road. It's just one of those things. But it it seems like for the heavier trucks, for the guys that I know that are driving those heavy duties, that they don't see as much loss in that efficiency as long – because I guess they're already in that bigger size that that the half-ton guys are shooting for. Uh, They don't seem to lose as much as the the half-tonners.
0: Is that is that the case, guys? I mean, like, if you're running, you know, your stock tires and you upgrade like most outdoorsmen do, you know, they're at least going to a, an all-terrain or a mud terrain, does a heavy-duty truck handle bigger, you know, more aggressive tires better?
4: Yeah, it absolutely does. You got to think that's
0: super-duty with a stock tire. That stock
4: tire is almost 34 and a half inches tall. So wow. when you talk about putting a, lift, a leveling kit and 35s on it, that tire is only a little bit bigger than the stock tire. Plus you have the extra weight of the bigger lugs from a, you know, mud terrain or all terrain. And you know, we see people do leveling kits and 37s still be fuel efficient. But that's one reason with the leveling kit and 35s on a Super Duty, you don't really notice any power change or fuel efficiency change. But that tire on that stock truck's already very tall.
0: You know, when I think about all these things, it points me back to – Cost of ownership. I mean, if the money were the same, I just want the biggest and the best always. But typically, that's not the case. So, I I think what I've heard you say is is that when you step up to the heavy duty, you are going to have a higher cost of ownership. Not not only in purchase price, but but also in just the total cost of ownership, whether that's maintenance, oil changes, and that kind of thing. But then on the flip side of that, it's a tougher truck that's going to be able to handle abuse if you give your truck a lot of abuse. So you're going to cut down on some of those costs of ownership from having to replace worn out components. Where does that increase in cost of ownership really come from? Is it totally in the purchase price? Just just to
5: back up just a little bit, you could actually buy a Super Duty uh, say at F two fifty, if we, if you went with the gas motor for not very much more price, optioned very identical to your F one fifty. So the majority of your cost of when purchasing is going to be your diesel engine. And uh, I believe uh, Jacoby can correct me if I'm wrong, but your cost of ownership of it over the time is probably going to be also involved with the the diesel aspect of it versus the gas aspect
0: of it. If you went with the gas
5: Drivetrain
0: versus a diesel drive train. So if you go with a gas heavy duty truck, you're still getting the larger frame, the thicker frame, the solid front axle. You're getting all the the, the bigger footprint, uh, the better braking. You're getting all the same components. You're just not having to pay for the increases in price with diesel. Are you losing towing capacity at all? Or is it more of a, just the experience is a little bit different in the towing?
5: you lose some towing capacity there again if you're if
0: you're the the person that does the occasional
5: towing not hooking up a trailer start to finish every day type thing the the gas engine is going to do more than enough uh the the diesel engine of course is a very capable engine we know with the specs set what it can tow but if you're not using it to its full ability you're, you're purchasing something. And you're not getting the use out of it. You're kind of throwing that money away when you're not actually using using it for for its ability. If you if you're not pulling those real heavy weights, like the like Jacoby said, up almost up to forty thousand pounds, depending on the the truck and how it's equipped. Well, I got to get
4: a Super Duty. I got to get a diesel. You know, that's not always the case. With the new seven three gas burner, the towing is still good on it. You know, it makes. 475 horsepower or 475 foot-pounds of 430 horsepower is going to out-pull an F-150, but you're not going to have the expense that you would owning a diesel with a, you know, they've got two fuel filters. The engine holds 13 quarts of oil, holds $100 worth of oil. The air filter is $100. A full service on a Super Duty is going to set you back, you know, every time you come in for one versus, you know, the gas burner version, you know, eight quarts of oil. $20 Twenty dollar filter. It's a lot, lot less cost. You don't always have to get the diesel with the Super Duty.
0: With that gas engine, do you drop some weight as well? I mean, we're always thinking off, off road and and what we do. do. And you know, that's another consideration. Is a a big heavy truck in not ideal conditions is easier to get stuck. I have found. Yeah, they
4: say the Super Duty engine weighs a thousand pounds fully equipped, and I would say that seven three gas burner weighs half of that.
0: Yeah. So that's definitely a consideration. You you're thinking about gas, and then you're not having to look for that daggum green, that green gas pump every time either. Uh, <laughs> having to wait on, having to wait in line for the green pump. But talking a little bit about cost of ownership and, and staying on that, I'm definitely guilty of trying to put things into a box. You know, so I'm gonna say, okay, if I keep this truck for five years, my cost of ownership on a half ton's gonna be this. And my cost of ownership on a three-quarter ton or one ton is going to be that. And we try to look at it from that way. But then if you kind of look into the next truck that you may be buying, I mean, how much longer is a, is a heavy-duty truck going to typically last somebody that, I mean, I guess regardless of what they're using it for, these trucks just typically are, are lasting longer, aren't they?
4: They are. I actually work on several six seven power strokes i've seen them as high as seven hundred thousand miles wow, wow. with the original engine i have a uh, two trucks that run hot shots that have five and six hundred thousand on them with the original engine and i don't think working a gas engine you'll ever get that kind of mileage out of it it's just not intended to do that you know that's one of the diesel engine parts are bigger they're designed to run cooler to keep the temperatures down but keeping the wear on the parts down. So I don't think you'll ever get, you know, half a million miles out of working a half ton like you would a super duty. The longevity of that power stroke, you know, very
0: good. And not yeah, as that's that, a, the longevity of the components as well.
2: Well, and you get to miss markets like we're in right now, where if you go to try to buy a new truck, it's the same price as the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the way I look at it is, you know, my average life of owning a half ton is, two to three years because I would, I put them through the miles we put on them and I can buy that same truck in a heavy duty and run it twice or three times as long. How much economy of scale am I getting with that versus the half ton, you know, regardless of towing. If you're going with a gas engine and you're paying a very similar
5: price to the half ton truck, right there alone tells you, you got three three more years of usage for the same kind of money virtually.
0: So it seems pretty clear that if you've got a specific application that just requires 15,000 pounds of towing capacity and you know you're going to have to do that, this that makes it a pretty easy decision. But it's where you get into these, you know, like we're talking about. The guy who does have the, he's stretching the limit of a half ton, but he's still within the limits. But he's maybe thinking about the, all the everything else. And, you know, you're talking about the higher mileage drivers. We definitely experience that as, you know, land professionals are driving a lot, uh, a lot of other people out there are, are putting on a lot of miles. So is there a point, say like an annual mileage average where you feel like stepping up into a, a heavy duty vehicle is gonna let you go further? I think
5: that question would probably be is like Jacoby was saying, he's got some, some customers that are running hotshot, which is, you know, they stay on the road with the trailer hooked up to their truck. If you're putting those kind of miles on a truck, then then yeah, the higher mileage you go with the diesel is probably the route to go with. Uh, if you're not putting that, those kind of miles on it, your gas engine probably is going to perform in either of the models equally as well. I would I would think.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick break. Take a minute to check out some of the businesses that keep this show free for you each week. Brush Clearing Services, if you've been considering forestry mulching, don't forget, there is no substitute for horsepower. Brush Clearing Services provides high-output, high-production forestry mulchers from 3 to 600 horsepower. Smaller skid steer mulcher runtime rates may be lower, but BCS production will be two to three times more than these smaller machines. BCS prides itself on providing dependable equipment equipment to ensure project completion is on time and under budget check out their full line of property and land services at brushclearingservices.com or call them at 706-718-1690 you know we're talking a lot about off-road capability because we do a good bit of that and uh, but one of the things that I've always heard People say about heavy duty trucks, oh, you know that solid front axle, you're gonna that thing rides so stiff, and it's a rough ride, and you know that half ton rides so much better. And of my friends that have heavy duty trucks, I I personally have not noticed it uh, as much here lately. I think back to a couple decades ago, an HD truck was. No, yeah, it wasn't very fun there. to ride. Yeah, it was going to beat you up. But is that really a thing anymore, guys, with, with heavy-duty trucks? I mean, is the ride quality really poor in an HD? Well, you
4: got to look back at, you know, the older, early heavy-duty trucks that used a solid front axle. They were all leased from front ends. Well, least-run front ends didn't ride that good. But back then, that's what they used. Well, now, that front axle, still solid axle on the Super Duty, It runs a cold spring front end with uh, trailing arms and uh, state-of-the-art shocks, steering dampers. They actually ride really good. The 250 and the 350, they're going to ride just as good as the F-150, in my opinion. I drive multiple Super Duties every day as I work on them, and they ride really smooth, especially if you compare them to the old ones that did ride rough it has a lot to do with the cold spring front end. Once you get to a 450 and a 550, you will notice a ride difference. We have a lot of customers that have never had a 450, never had a 550. As soon as they buy it, they bring it back. And they're like, my wheels are bent. Something's wrong with it, you know. Well, they don't realize that that size truck, you're going to feel a lot more road vibration. You're running a 19 and a half inch wheel. You're running 100 PSI in the tires versus, you know, 70 60 70 in the Super Duty. You're running 100 PSI in the tire. Tension on a 450 and 550 is a lot stiffer, you know, due to the tone capacity increase. You will notice that the Super Duty 450 550 platforms actually ride better with a load on them than they will unloaded. As far as your 250 to a 350 goes, yes, they, they ride really good.
0: It's interesting to hear you say they, they ride better with a load on them because I've noticed in in my truck uh, running heavier duty tires with higher pressures uh, available and I try to run them as as inflated as I can uh, for better fuel economy on the road uh, deflate if I ever need to off road but I've noticed like when I'm towing a, a light load maybe it's a, a small camper and or I've got something in the bed that's significant, but not, not a strain that that truck rides a lot better is less vibration. It really does ride better and makes me think about payload, which is one of the things we, we haven't really discussed is payload. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, most of the time I'm towing a trailer. It's not just the trailer. I've got, if I'm towing a boat, I've got coolers. I've usually got people I've got all kind of stuff like that in the bed of the truck. If I'm towing a tractor, I've got seed or fertilizer equipment, tools, whatever it may be. So, payload's a big a big deal too. And when you think about an H, you know, a heavy duty truck, what kind of payload differences are we getting? We, we were talking towing capacities earlier is an astronomical difference, really, in towing capacity. What about payload? Yeah,
4: well, that's something a lot of people don't think about. They look at their truck and they're like, okay, well, I have a you know, 12,000 pound tow capacity and my trailer and my tractor, you know, weigh 11,000. Well, I'm good. But you don't think about, like you said, by the time you add several 50 pound bags of seed, you know, your wife, your kids, coolers, tools, it's real easy to get over that tow capacity and not even realize it. Right. And then you might think, well, my truck, you know, doesn't pull this trailer good. Well, you probably got, you know, another 2,000 pounds of tools, equipment, you know people, so it is easy to get over that total capacity and not even realize it. But with that being said, the payload capacity, uh, if you look at like a half ton, you know, Eco Boost F 150, you know, you're around 2,000 2,300 pounds. So, where a super duty, uh, you anywhere from five to 8,000 pounds payload, so it's double in a super duty versus a half ton.
0: Yeah, that's significant. I mean, you think about, like, we're using the example, pulling a tractor behind. It's very rare that I've got just the tractor. Uh, I've got usually the implements. And, and, you know, if I've got a bush hog on that tractor and a front end loader, I'm usually maxing out maybe my my trailer uh, space. So I may throw a a disc or a box blade or something like that into the bed of the truck. All that's going to add up. And, if you're doing any kind of palletized stuff, I mean, you start going into getting pallets of seed or pallets of fertilizer and things like that, uh, you really are edging up on that. And then having to tow something down the road, maxed out payload capacity, it's definitely things to, to factor in into your decision. So what about upgrades to the half ton? I mean, if you find yourself where you're, okay, look, I'm, I'm not towing anything over 14,000 pounds. I can probably get by with a half ton but occasionally I do tow that 12,000 pound camper and the whole family. What upgrades can somebody do aftermarket to that half-ton truck to make that experience better uh, and maybe to decrease some of the wear and tear on, on that vehicle?
4: There's a couple of things you could do. And there are several uh, aftermarket companies. Uh, EBC is a big one. Uh, they make larger rotors, larger calipers to help stop. If you were really serious about it, you could even look into regearing your differentials. Um, that's going to take a lot of the strain off the transmission, changing the gear ratio to the truck. You know, some of these trucks come with the you know, most uh, fuel-efficient gear set there is, but, you know, if you're towing, you're already killing your fuel mileage anyways, so changing your gears is a big help. And, you know, trailer brakes to the truck, uh, upgrading your trailer to where your trailer's helping you stop and, you know, your truck's not doing all the work. Um, aftermarket, uh, there's bigger coolers.
0: You know, you could. Put a bigger cooler on the transmission to help transmission temperature stay low while you're towing. That's going to take a lot of the wear off. The heat's what you want to stay away from. Some and what, of that stuff is be a big help. What packages are out there, you know, from, from Ford, just with the trucks? Like if somebody's looking at different trucks on the lot and they know they're going to be doing a, a good bit of towing uh, or or they're going to be towing from time to time at these kind of at the upper limits of what's what's there what kind of packages do they need to be looking for in towing capacity what are what are the upgrades that come with say the uh, quote-unquote towing package uh really
5: Ford has has one main one it's called the max trailer tow which gives you uh different gearing it also gives you a larger fuel tank because of course you use burn more fuel those are the main things quite honestly trailer brake and then the the pro backup assist which is the knob on the dash to assist in backing up your trailer if you set that
2: up. Joe I've always been told that if I ever got caught using one of those my man card would be revoked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I can say I have one on my truck and, and I have not used it yet <laughs>
3: but sometimes there's also,
0: I'm Mark like, isn't there
3: when you, uh, when you add that trailer tow package isn't there also uh, it adds a, a little more reinforcement to the bumper? Um, and then also an extra maybe transmission cooler the the buffer yes the
5: transmission cooler from my understanding now is is the same from 2018 up to now they haven't added any extra cooling
0: cool so guys it sounds like if you're on the fence about if you need a heavy duty truck or not uh it really boils down to first determining what the absolute requirements are. You know, if you've, like we've said, I mean, if you're exceeding the towing capacity, the decision is pretty clear, but if you're not, there are some things you need to factor in. So, you know, let's sum it all up with what you guys think somebody needs to ask themselves if, if they're in this quandary and they can't quite make a decision like Clint over here, what, what's the, what are the things they need to ask themselves to determine if they really do need to upgrade? I guess, one, you
5: know, how often and how what what weight you're towing. Again, two, your your uh, payload. How often are you hauling heavy loads? How heavy are those heavier loads? And, and, and it probably sounds crazy. Where are you driving it primarily? Are you driving it, say, in town where you're parking at tight parking places, out in the woods trying to make tight t- turns? What type of driving are you doing with this vehicle? Ask yourself those questions, and and something also I, I can't stress enough is to keep an open mind when you are. If you if you decide to go towards the Super Duty, which is always a great choice, you don't have to spend the the huge amount of money for that upgrade for that diesel engine. It may be a good choice for you to go with the Super Duty, but maybe go opt for the gas engine because you're not not needing. The capabilities of that diesel engine. So I, I, I like to have people keep an open mind so they don't throw that money necessarily out the window because they're not utilized.
0: Last thing, guys, I think we've all heard in the news the current state of supply chain issues and microprocessors and that kind of thing. What's going on with that? So if somebody's in this market is, is being in the heavy duty truck market, uh, is it tougher to find that vehicle than it is a, just a, a half ton? Uh, or is everybody affected right now?
5: Well, right now, um, speaking as a used car manager, I, 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 I've gotten quite a
0: few used super
5: duties through uh, in the last few months. Um, yes, there are some, some parts that are a constraint, or are a little harder to get from the pandemic to the microchip, factory fire, those type things. But through all of this, one of the things that's, that has kind of uh, started to come around and uh, become a normal uh, and a lot of auto manufacturers are adapting this Ford especially is to custom order your vehicle. So when you, you come in and you sit down with uh, one of our uh, sales consultants, you sit down and say, well, this is how I'm using my vehicle. This is how, what options I would like. This is the color. You're, you're getting a vehicle custom built from Ford for you, you're not paying for anything that you don't want, and you're just paying for the things that you do want and you, you do need. And doing something like that, just of course, it just depends on how you configure it, because uh, there are some pieces and parts that, that may take a little longer than others. But somewhere around that 8 to 12-week to window, and you've got a vehicle that was custom-built for you to your specs exactly what you want. This is starting to be the new norm. This is something that uh, Ford, we've gotten several publications from Ford that they're moving towards. You're going to start seeing less new stock on Ford lots and more of the ordering. The the new stock's probably going to be used more for you to be able to see what the truck is, touch it, feel it, and then come inside, custom build it, kind of like your house. When When you custom build your home, it's exactly how you wanted it. It's not somebody else's house. And it's pretty exciting in that way. So that's kind of what we're starting to, we're seeing and we're, we're seeing Ford or getting feedback from Ford that they're going that way. And uh, there are several other manufacturers following suit on this too.
0: Yeah, that's very exciting. Cause you think about, like you said, there's so much variability. What what Clint does with his truck is a little bit different than what I do. And everybody's got their own set of constraints. So being able to sit down and really look at your unique situation uh, figure out what's best for you, whether that be an HD or half ton or, or a, a, a gas heavy duty or diesel, you know, all these things are very dependent on what you're trying to do with a vehicle. So if folks want to reach out to you guys, uh, have that conversation, check out what, what is available currently, how do they look you, how do they look you guys up? How can they get in contact? Sure. So there's a, there's a few different ways
3: you can get in touch with us. You can check out all of our Long Lewis locations inventory at www dot longlewisauto.com. Um, from there you can select our uh, Muscle Shoals, Florence, Prattville, Selma, Selma, Hoover, or Corinth locations um, to really drill down to you know, whoever is closest to you. You can also reach us here in Prattville at 334 um, 365 That is our main line here. Um, you can ask for myself. Uh, my name is Chris Robertson. I'm the new car manager here. You can ask for Mark Deutschley. He's our used car manager. Um, you can also ask for Jacoby. He's usually pretty busy back there in the diesel shop fixing cars and doesn't get a lot of time on the phone. Um, so you may have to end up leaving a message for him or you can get with one of us other guys. And uh, if it's something that we don't know the answer to, we'll be glad to to reach out to him for his expertise. So, Well, guys, thanks so goes. much
0: for, for joining us and answering some of those questions uh, for everybody. I think, uh, I think we've all... Heard it loud and clear. When my wife listens to the show, she's going to realize I do need a heavy duty truck. Uh, it's time to upgrade and uh, probably need the top level trim package. I'm thinking so, appreciate y'all just backing me up on that. So, that was that was good. We'll uh, look forward to uh, talking to you guys again soon. All right, thanks so much, Joe. Clint, that's a lot to take in, and I'm just curious, do you know what you need now?
2: Uh, I think I need a heavy duty truck because you know, <laughs> the uh, the plus out of all that is even if I really don't need it right now, once I get it, I can just do whatever I want. I can go get that bigger tractor or go get that bigger boat or bigger camper, whatever I want to get. And I know that I can immediately hook up to it and take off. Right. Yeah. And
0: you're just, you know, you, but you're on, on the understanding that that's going to cost you more to have that flexibility in the future and, I think for folks listen, hopefully you guys out there, if you find yourself firmly in one of these one of these categories, that we've made it easier to make that decision, uh, if it's really necessary to you. I mean the thing I learned, Clint, from today, and it, it hurts my heart a little bit because I do love diesels, but I'm really excited about that seven point three gas engine in the heavy duty truck because the majority of the reasons why I do need a heavy-duty truck don't relate to the drivetrain, it's mostly related to the beefed up components the increased size the increased weight uh the towing capacity and it doesn't sound like i'm losing any of those things by going to the gas and then but you know having to compare that total cost to ownership you know i'm wanting to make the best use of my dollars i'm excited about that a gas engine i mean just is what it is i mean diesels are cool don't get me wrong you know the other thing clint is that you don't always know what you're going to need. And I'm a pretty good example of that right now. What I needed just four years ago is very different now. You know, with two young boys, basically everything's looking at getting upgraded. You know, you, you need a bigger, you're going to need a bigger boat. If you're using a boat, you're going to need a bigger camper. If you're using a camper, like we talked about, I really just need a bigger, beefier truck because I'm carrying a lot more gear, a lot more people. Having that heavy duty gives you the, ability to grow into it as opposed to just buying what you need right now. And if you look at things on the long-term, a lot of times buying what you can grow into will actually end up saving you money in the long run.
2: Yeah. That's the main thing I see is just being able to keep that truck longer and, and, you know, get more scale out of it. Cause I've, you know, running half tons or running them hard the way that, that we typically do, you know, I've seen on different across different brands. At some point you start to see some little issues here and there that you wouldn't have seen out of a beefier truck because it was had everything it needed. And then some to, to do what you put, been putting those half tons through. So that's, that's what I see is just, you know, getting more life out of that investment.
0: For sure. Well, folks, I hope that helps you answer your questions. Appreciate you joining us. We want to make it easy for you to listen. So here's a handy option for you to get the podcast emailed to you each week. Just text the word hunting to seven seven three seven seven zero. 770 Four three seven seven. Again, just text the word "hunting" to seven seven three seven seven zero four three seven seven. You'll join our email list, and wherever you are listening to podcasts, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. Send us a written review. We'd love to hear from you. If you got a show topic that you are interested in and like to see us cover, just email us at pros@landhunting.com. At That's gonna do it for us. Y'all stay safe out there. We'll talk to you next time. This week's Huntland Podcast has been brought to you by Ranch King. Save time and money when you buy MB Ranch King's maintenance-free hunting blinds. Call Kevin for info or quotes. 205 807 2937 MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And also Pyramid Air. At Pyramid Air, they believe air guns are for everyone, from big game hunting to fun trigger time to firearm training. Big selection, fast shipping, the air gun experts. Find out more at PyramidAir.com. And also brought to you by Southern Seed and Feed. Do you want to provide better nutrients for your deer? Check out Southern Buck. Your deer will love it. Visit their website at southernseedfeed.com or call 662-726-2638 to find the dealer nearest you. And also, the Hunting Exchange. Buy and sell your hunting gear securely online. PayPal-protected purchases, no hidden charges. Listings are free. Head over to the App Store or Google Play and download the Hunting Exchange app today. And also brought to you by Farm Credit of Northwest Florida. For over 100 years, they've helped people just like you explore your options so you can apply with confidence and get started living your dream in the country. Check them out at gorural.net or give them a call. At eight five five dash go rural. And also brought to you by Photonus Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultra-light, ultra compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Check them out. Photonis Defense, masters of darkness. And also brought to you by Bucks Island Marine. They have new pontoon boats, bass boats, bow riders, and aluminum boats for sale. They provide boat service on all kinds of boats, even if they weren't purchased from Bucks. You can visit them at 4500 Highway 77 in Southside, Alabama, or give them a call at 256-442-2588.